So now he says, I used to live without the law, formerly. But when the commandment came, sin took life. Who's the I here? This is a huge problem. The commentators will tell us there's five possibilities, at least, you know. Mr. Everyman, Adam, you know. It's a very delicate text which is describing the same dilemma but doesn't know the way out. This text in verse 25 is going to say, thanks be to God, it's through Jesus Christ, that I'm out of this dilemma. I could be transformed into Christ if I'll just let him and die to self. You see? Okay. This is uh, the Qumran literature. Uh, this is uh, uh, the, the rule. As for me, I belong to wicked humanity, to the assembly of perverse flesh. My iniquities, my transgressions, my sins, together with the wickedness of my heart, belong to the assembly doomed to worms and walking in darkness. No human being sets his own path or directs his own steps. For to God alone belong the judging of him, and from his hand comes perfection of way. And I, if I stagger, God's grace is my salvation forever. If I stumble because of a sin of the flesh, my judgment is according to the righteousness of God which stands forever. The dilemma. What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do do. I need help. That's the art. So what's the point of the law? To show me I need help. I wouldn't realize how bad it was if, if I didn't wasn't provoked to think they're keeping something back on me. I could be powerful. I could be rich. I could be happy. I could have pleasure. I could be king. I could be who knows what. And this law is in the way. So the law stirs up sin. That's what he's saying. You see? Um, For sin, laying hold of a basis through the commandments, deceived me and through it killed me. So, the law is holy. And the commandment is holy and just and good. Then, did what is good become death for me? Of course not. Rather, sin, that it might appear to be sin through what is good, brought about death for me, so that sin might be sinful in the extreme through the commandment. Commandment is good. It's the way to life. It's the way to truth. You see? Uh, but it's um, uh, not going to work. And so that's where that part of the text uh, stops. That is, with this dilemma of... Um, um, sin. So you see what he's saying? There's something in me that's so out of order that I cannot entrust myself to God. The law tells me what's good and upright and true, but it infringes on my, quote, freedom. Now everybody knows what happens if you try to follow. I'm going to be free. In three years you're addicted to alcohol and sex and money and God knows what else or you're full of fears, and you're into magic, and it doesn't work. Now, that's because while we were made good and holy, there's something wrong with us. And that's only healed by the cross of Christ, imparted to us through baptism, by the Holy Spirit, through the Eucharist, 
by living with Christians, being helped by Christians and helping Christians, and through caring for those in need, whether the need be physical or spiritual or both. Getting out of my total self-centeredness, my craving, is the word. And the rabbis have these beautiful, powerful statements. All of sin comes down to Haman. All sin comes down to craving. I want what I want when I want it. And so, that's how this text ends uh, so far. Um, and so, we move on to... Uh, well, I think no. I think what I'm going to do is uh, give you some illustration of this. Um, there are these Aramaic translations of uh, the Old Testament. They're called Targumim. One of them has this line as it expands. They're not translations in our sense, you know, very knowing the knowing the other language and translating. No, they're like comment. Um, ex- expansion of the text most of the time. So, this is the, from Targum Neophyte. My people, children of Israel, you shall not be covetous, you shall not be craving. No companions or partners with the nor companions or partners with those who, who are craving and are craving people shall not be seen in the congregation of Israel lest your sons arise after you and they also learn to be a craving people. No one of you shall crave the house of your neighbor, nor his, his companion's wife, nor his marriage servant, nor his maid servant, nor his ox or ass, or anything that belongs to his neighbor. You can see they're back translating the text now. Because of the sins of the covetous, the ruling powers, and now he's talking about Satan, are incited against the sons of men. And uh, the clouds go up, and the rain does not fall. That's a, sort of a little gloss on the, on the text from Qumran. But you see what he's saying? Uh, what are we going to do about this? Make stricter rules. And so a lot of the pharisaical effort was to make up little laws that will protect you from getting to the big laws. And they called it a hedge around the Torah. If you don't break these little laws, you won't break the big ones. And so, and then it could get exaggerated as it did. But it was, for, it was zeal that got sometimes uh, uh, sidelined. Uh, you need the little laws to, so you don't get near the big ones. You get near the big ones, you're in big trouble. So uh, don't do any work on the Sabbath. Well, now suppose a hen is about to lay an egg. If it's not, it comes. It, it, it's out partially, and then it's Sabbath. Can I eat that egg? Well, it depends on how far out it is from the hen. You know, well, that's a little law to stop you from breaking the Sabbath. Or how far can you walk? Or how much weight can you take? I remember a rabbi was trying to explain this to people. He said, look, it's that you can't do anything new. That's why no matter, you might smoke three packs a day, but you can't smoke on Shabbat because you have to light a fire and do something new so you can't smoke. That's right. But if you want to push the dining room table back and forth all Shabbat, you're not doing anything new. You can do that. And it was, it helped me a lot. It was very illustrative of what they mean, you see. You can't do any, that's why you can't cook the meal. It's got to be, you can't light the fire to cook the meal. And so, uh, 
the housewives would cook all the stuff the day before, they still do, the Orthodox, and put it in these lovely bowls, put them in the oven, and then have somebody else come over and light the fire. Little law to keep up protects you from the big law. You never know. You start lighting a fire pretty soon. You're not going to start cooking on Shabbat. Then you're going to, you know, then you're going to forget about it and go out and, you know. Uh, so, not to break the Shabbat. You have little laws to protect you from the big laws, from breaking the big laws. And that's what this, uh, I'm, I'm not making it a parody. I'm trying to show that, um, what's the solution? The grace of Christ. Now, are there, and, and for many devout Jews, it's just common sense, too. I mean, like, you don't get that nervous. But there are rules that are like that. Uh, so, but that's, little laws don't help, because you'll break them, and then you'll break the big, you know. The only thing that, have, that can help us is the life of Jesus Christ, the presence of Jesus Christ within us. And that desire that he gives us to be holy, to respond to the Father in love and trust and enthusiasm, and to die to sin, be fed up with it, disgusted by our sin, because we love Jesus. You see? That's what he's going to start to see. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am fleshly, having been sold under sin, uh, or under the power of sin, uh, the text, the, the the words under the power of, or the power of, are not there. Um, I'm looking for my Greek text. I don't know what I did with it now. Um, I will find it. Okay. But now we come to the dilemma. Every man's dilemma. For I do not understand what I bring about. For not what I want do I carry out, but rather what I hate, that I do. How come I do this? Sin dwelling in me is powerful. And uh, I've got the law to remind me, to stop me. Doesn't always work. If I do not want that I... If what I want I do not do... I'm sorry. If what I do not want that I do, I agree with the law that it is good. Now I no longer am bringing it about rather the sin dwelling in me. For I know that there does not dwell in me, that is in my flesh, anything good. Just one set of drives after another. You see, without the transforming grace. And uh, so, this is why he's saying, but this is the dilemma of every man. It's just that the Jews were more conscious of it. Because they had a law and they kept it for the most part. And that's why people wanted to join them. You know, in the neighborhood, how come your kids obey you? My kids are going nuts. You know? Uh, how come you've got this day once a week and you won't work? Every seventh day you don't work? That's nuts. How are you going to make money if you don't work? You know? God told you to do that? Your God told you to do that? I mean, you're going to lose out on money, buddy. And, and that they were mocked for that, you know, for keeping the Shabbat. But keeping the Shabbat is the way of putting it into your mind and into your flesh. You've got to obey God. You see? And then, they're tough. There would be some over in Jerusalem, you know, Saturday, Shabbat, that's the big tourist day. All the Jewish stores, all the devout Jewish stores are closed. Tourist shops and stuff like that. You can't buy and sell on Shabbat. You know? 
And if a guy left his, wanted to open up his store, he'd probably get a rock through his window. Uh, you know, that's wrong. And then the very, like Meya Shigarim, the very devout area, where everything is very strict. Uh, and he's, Paul says, says, I bear them witness. You see, they are, they are zealous. And they are. Oh, well, look at them. Look at them. Uh, look at them, but look at you. I mean, you don't do anything right. You know, you had to choose. And that's uh, what he's saying, see? For I, do, uh, for I know that there does not dwell in me that is in my flesh anything good. For to will lies ready to hand. To bring about does not. To bring about good does not. Rather, the evil that I do not will, that I carry out. If what I do not will, that I do, I am no longer in bringing it about. Rather, the sin dwelling in me. But that doesn't absolve me because I cooperate with it. It is, I'm just, I'm just standing there. It's sin that's doing all this. I mean, no. It's it, sin is in me, and I'm singing along with Mitch. I'm doing it. Who's going to deliver me from this? That's the dilemma of the law. You see? Uh, it is there to remind us of sin. We can't go the way of God without the grace of Christ. We just can't. Now, there are many devout Jews who are doing well. They, they'll find out when they die. It was Jesus all along who helped them. Uh, that's okay. But it'd be more fun to know now and to talk to him, love him, feed on his body and blood. Uh, but this is the this discourse on love, uh, on law. Uh, I think I've done enough. I'm going to just wind it up now so that we can go on to Romans 8. A wretched man am I who will deliver me from the body of this death. You see, he knows it's, it's in our imagination and our emotions in our body in that sense. You see, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself with my reason serve the Lord of God. He talks about the inner man in here. You see? Uh, but with my flesh, the law of sin. And my flesh just doesn't mean my materiality. Means my emotions, my memories, my, you know. So tune in next week, and we'll start to talk about the law, because he says it starts off the very first line. So now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.